0: Employment Hour, we're back. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmenthour.com. Common mistakes that employers make and why they should... Or what they should be doing uh, instead. We're going to get to that throughout the hour. Here, uh, some emails and a ton of good stuff. We'll talk about the severance pay calculator, like we always do. But first, the week that was. What is going on, brother? Well, John, it's uh, it's
1: great to be back here. Great to be doing our show and great to be talking about employment law and workplace rights. And you know, I I spend not that much time actually on the radio. I spend most of my time in my office talking to people, emailing back with people, answering questions, answering emails, and making sure that people have the information that they need to have if they're dealing with a workplace problem. So this is not just about this radio show. This radio show is to give you some ideas, some thoughts about things you need to be aware of. But what really matters is that you reach out if you have an, a real problem, if you have an issue, now that you know that there's something you could do, someone to go to, call me, email me, we'll give you that contact information throughout the show today. No hesitation. You uh, should never have that hesitation because there's no bad questions, only answers, only solutions, only problems to be solved. Uh, but the week that was where we always start off, John, uh, I spoke with a um, gentleman who uh, found himself in a, a bit of a pickle, I guess. He, uh, he and uh, his boss got into a bit of a shouting match things were said that shouldn't have been said uh, language was used that shouldn't have been used and sure enough uh, at the end of this discussion he picked up his bag uh threw his uh, office keys on the desk and said that's it i'm out of here uh should have done this a long time ago not mm. coming back ever and went home and you know was feeling pretty good about it uh, i guess ended up having a drink or two t- spoke to a significant other and sure enough a couple hours later he's thinking what the heck did I just do? A little bit of a cool-off period. Yeah. Oops. Yeah, it happens uh, often. I've seen it many times. What the heck did I just do? Uh, I need this job. Yeah. I actually love this job. I've been in this job for a long time. He had been in this job for 11 years. I don't want to look for another work. For other work, I don't want to work somewhere else. Uh, you know, it's 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 like with family. Sometimes you get into arguments, but at the end of the day, it doesn't change the relationship. So immediately, literally before you went to bed that evening, he had emailed his boss, uh, saying, I, I apologize for this. I was out of line. I, I, I don't want to quit. I want to come back right. uh, as soon as possible. And woke up in the morning, had an email from his boss saying, no, you can't come back. You've resigned. You quit. You left your keys. You took your stuff. Uh, you're done, son. You're, you're done. We're going to send you your record of employment. Yeah. Uh, literally an hour later, he calls me wanting to know what do I do? He was distraught. He said, did I just lose this job for 11 years in the heat of the moment? Well, no, he actually didn't. He did not quit his job. And here's why. We've talked about this on the, on the show, but this is a really classic example of this. Heat of the moment resignations are not real resignations. If you resign in the heat of the moment, it's understood that you're not doing it in, in, in your right mind and you're not in the right frame, uh, mind frame. And because of that, you can take it back. You're able to take it back. And if you do take it back and your company doesn't allow you to take it back, that becomes a termination even though you're the one that quit. Now, you can't wait too long to take it back. Usually you have to be within a couple of days. This guy took it back within a few hours. Yeah. And if the company says, no, no, we heard you say resignation, therefore you're out of here. They won't let you come back. That is a termination. Now you're owed severance. So here's what I told them. I said, let me remind them of this and say, your, your choice is company, take him back or pay them a severance. They may, ho- may decide to change their mind when they realize they have to pay them a lot of severance. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work with them on that. But either way, I wanted to remind people, uh, everyone, employers and employees, if you resign, if it's not something you intended to do, it was the heat of the moment, you weren't thinking clearly, if you take that back quickly, the company has to allow you to come back to work. If they don't, it becomes a termination. You're owed severance. Remember that. If that that ever is your situation, definitely give me a call and let's talk about it.
0: Is that choice, whether you can take him back or pay him as severance, is that only uh, the choice of the employer? Does the employee have a choice? Because I'm thinking, you know, okay, if they take me back... Might be a bit of a poison work environment here on, you know what I mean? Because we had this big blowout and uh, there might be problems in the future. Can I just get my severance and go? Absolutely.
1: If, if the employee feels that he can't go back now, right. now it's uh, the, the well has been poisoned, then yeah, he does not have to go okay, back. Okay, cool. He can get his severance. This person actually wants to go back. Yeah. Ideally, he says, if I have my choice between going back and severance, I'm going back. So hopefully the company will allow him to, to come back to work. But if they don't, that is a termination. They have to pay him as full severance. What else you got going on? I spoke with a lady who has been off on disability for some two years now. Uh, and, you know, she's made very, very slow progress, but she is progressing over two years. She's getting better after a car accident. She's been off work, of course. She's been keeping her employer up to date. Uh, Well, as soon as that two-year mark hit, she gets a letter from her employer saying, we don't think you're coming back to work. We consider this to be a frustration of contract, Mm -hmm. and off you go. Well, here's the thing, John. Frustration of contract is a situation where, number one, you've been off for a very long time, which she has, but number two, there's no prospects of you coming back to work. Now, she was getting better. She believed and she thinks and she's planning on going back to work at some point, hopefully within, you know, six months to a year. Sure. So in this case, the company can't say there's no prospects of going back to work. So because of that, this is now a regular termination. And not only do they owe her a full severance, which for her could be as much as two years' pay, but potentially, this is also a human rights matter. They may over human rights damages. And I'm bringing this up to remind you, number one, that you can be off as long as you need to to get better, whether it's a week, a month, a year, several years, your employer can't do anything to you. And beyond that, as long as there's a hope and a, uh, for you to get better, as long as you're working to get better and get back to work, your employer cannot let you go, cannot consider your employment as being frustrated. You're still an employee, still have a right to your job, Anything less than that is illegal, and you definitely should give me a call.
0: Short break right now, One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. 821 5900 And if you're an employer or thinking of being one common mistakes that are made all the time, what you should be doing is on the other side of this break. We'll take a short one and get right back to it right here on The Employment Hour on Global News Radio. The number, as you know, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmenthour.com to reach out to Lior, member of the team, anytime you know that one. Also, severancepaycalculator.com. Over half a million souls have used it and been enlightened to how much severance they should be getting, the proper number, The uh, the... A number that should be in your wallet, really. It's not, uh, it's not magic. It's what you're owed, right? So check Absolutely. it out. Yep. SeverancePayCalculator.com. So common mistakes that employers make and what they should be doing about it. Why this one? <laughs> uh,
1: a lot of employers are good employers. They want to do the right thing. They, they want to do right by their employees. They want to comply with the law. But mistakes sometimes are made. Uh, oftentimes, it's not intentionally. Oftentimes, it's for lack of knowledge. And employers can make those mistakes, get into a lot of trouble And then all of a sudden, they're facing legal proceedings, they're facing financial exposure. So we want to talk about what employers, the common employers that employers may make, even if they have the best of intentions, and what they should be doing instead. And in us talking about that, there'll be some important lessons for employees as well in terms of how to deal with your employers
0: if they are making those mistakes. So stay tuned for that. We'll get to the first one here. Um, Employers don't properly investigate and resolve workplace harassment issues. This is a huge one, especially in this climate, right? It
1: is huge, huge, huge. It's always been huge. It's much even bigger now than than it was. Uh, And a common mistake that employers make is they don't know how to properly investigate Uh, harassment complaints. They don't know what to do with the information if they have the information. And the reason for that, employers don't always have sophisticated HR people. And even if they do have an HR person, they may not have dealt with harassment issues before. Uh, That's why employers should get advice when when dealing with harassment complaints. Uh, And if you don't investigate a harassment complaint, you're breaking the law if you're you have a legal obligation as an employer to take harassment complaints seriously when you're faced with that type of a complaint you have to investigate you have to interview people you have to look at the documents you have to become an employer slash investigator sometimes you may have to bring someone from the outside to help you and when you've concluded the investigation if there is basis for the harassment allegations you have to take steps to fix that problem it's not uh, something you can defer it's not something you can avoid it's not something that you can say, well. it's not my problem, let them deal with it. Those days are gone. So what do you do? Number one, you take it seriously, you investigate, you give everyone that's involved the opportunity to give their side of the story, bring someone from the outside to investigate if you have to, and then take measures to fix that. That may mean separating people that can't get along, imposing discipline, having training, new policies, maybe even terminating someone. You have to deal with that if you don't you're exposed to a legal claim for constructive dismissal, human rights damages, other damages, a very bad place to be in.
0: Common mistake you may make if you're an employer. Now, this one we often talk about, You know, people complain, oh, you're always on the side of the employee when it comes to this stuff. So listen to this one. If you're an employer, this one's very important. And a mistake, don't properly use employment agreements or don't have employees sign agreements on time. The
1: smartest thing an employer can do if you have employees is to have a proper employment agreement, period. That's it. I often tell my employer clients that if they all used proper employment agreements, they would never need to call me right uh, Fortunately, for me, they don't listen, so they do have to call me and I get to to work with them. But the reality is an employment agreement, probably one of the most important documents for the employer it, it A proper employment agreement can uh, give the employer all kinds of flexibility. to to change hours, to change compensation, to change the the job, uh, to relocate the employee if needed, to lay the employee off temporarily. It can also save the company a lot of money through uh, reducing future severance. It can avoid constructive dismissal cases. It could essentially resolve all workplace problems. Now, employers often don't realize that, and they don't use employment agreements. Mm -hmm. Either they don't use them at all, they use a a brief one-paragraph template that they found online bad, bad idea for the employer. The other thing oftentimes employers don't do properly is they don't have the employee sign the agreement before they start working, which may make it illegal or unenforceable at the very least. So employers should use proper employment agreement that could be very beneficial. Now, if I'm going to put my employee hat on for just a second, for the employee, the opposite is true. For the employee, you don't want to have an yeah. employment agreement. You would rather start on a handshake. You would rather have a one-paragraph email. That's much better for you. So depending on the perspective, employers should have comprehensive employment agreements, no exceptions. For the employee, if you don't have one, that's better for you. And if you are asked to sign one, make sure you call me to review it because there absolutely are going to be terms in there that could be problematic for you.
0: If my an employee and my employer were both hearing this radio show at the same time and my employer is going, You know what, I'm gonna draft one of these puppies up tomorrow, bring it in and get John to sign it, what have I got to look out for? And how does it how does it make it you know legal using well, quotation? Well,
1: first of all, if you're already have an employee, you can't actually force the employee to sign it. doesn't matter what you offer them, what you give them. The employee is well within his or her right to say, no, I'm not signing it. I've been working for you already. Um, I am working. I don't need to sign this. And you can't punish them. That's not cause for termination. But assuming the employee is willing to sign it in order to make it legal and enforceable, you need to offer the employee something in return for signing. You can't just say, hey, Bob signed this paper, Bob signs it, you're you're done. No, you have to offer Bob something. Maybe it's a signing bonus, a one-time signing bonus. Maybe it's a pay increase. Maybe it's a promotion. Maybe it's extra vacation. Uh, Maybe it's uh, more car allowance, whatever it is. Anything that Bob, in this example, would not have had otherwise. If you offer that, Bob accepts it and signs the agreement, it's enforceable. If you don't offer anything, he just signs it. It's not enforceable. Not worth the paper. It's written on So
0: even if he agrees and says, yeah, no problem. I'll sign it. It goes back to work. 10 years later, he gets let go. It's not enforceable. It's meaningless.
1: So you you went through all this trouble to to draft an employment agreement. It's not even enforceable. No point of that. That's why the best time to have an employee sign an employment agreement is before the employee starts working as part of their acceptance of the job offer. Not the
0: first break, not at lunch, before they walk through the door.
1: Before they even show up at the office, ideally a few days before that's when they have to sign
0: it. Short break. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmenthour.com. Just getting rolling. Lots more of these on the way and some emails as well on the employment hour. On Global News Radio, the number is 1-855-821-5900, help at employmenthour.com. And if you haven't caught it so far, Employment Hour in 30 happens on Global TV and CTV on your weekend mornings. Fantastic show on the television. Give that a shot if you haven't uh, seen us do our thing there as well. We're talking about things employers should be doing if they're not doing them already. Get started. Uh, Next one on our list, pals, don't try hard enough to accommodate an employee's medical limitations. Give accommodation absolutely the accommodation issue is a big issue and uh employees
1: often will have situations when they need some help some accommodation maybe they're not uh, doing well health wise maybe they've had an injury maybe they're dealing with a mental health issue and they can necessarily do their job exactly the same way they may need some some help such as modified duties maybe the job has to be changed or modified hours Maybe they can't necessarily work all their hours for medical reasons. So whatever that is, an employer has a very strict legal obligation to figure out a way to accommodate. And the mistake employers make often is they don't try hard enough. Well, you know what, this is going to be a bit of a pain in the butt or it's going to be a bit hard to do, so we don't want to do it. Uh, We're not going to. No, no, that is wrong. That is illegal. That's a human rights violation right there. Even if it's difficult, even if it's something that's not ideal, an employer still has to provide accommodation. Now, there is a point uh, beyond which the company does not have Mm -hmm. to go. If it's extremely difficult or extremely costly and completely unreasonable, okay, the employer doesn't have to do it. But it's not easy to get to that point. And so many times I've seen employers Uh, back off or back away from accommodation before they should. That is a human rights violation. And by doing that, not, not only are they breaking the law, they could be also constructively dismissing their employee, meaning the employee may be owed severance. So employers, you have to accommodate. And for employees, remember, you can ask and you should ask for accommodation from your employer. Back it up with something from your doctor. If you need modified hours, modified duties, whatever it is, Make sure you have your doctor's support. And if your employer doesn't accommodate, they don't want to, it's too difficult, they don't know how, let's you and I talk. That could be a human rights violation right there.
0: Does that accommodation have a time limit on it or as long as it's needed? As long as it's needed. Now, well. if, it, if it becomes very long, maybe at
1: that point we reach the stage where it's so difficult for the employer that they can back off it. But it's very difficult to do. And usually, John, the bigger the company, the more resources the company has the more is expected of that company right. from an accommodation standpoint. It's, very, it's much easier for the, uh, uh, the huge bank to accommodate uh, an employee's the medical Joe's conditions yeah. than Joe's Pizza or, or yeah. Bob's Grocery Store. Yeah. So, right. so again, depending on the circumstances and the employer, it may be difficult or, or not so difficult to accommodate.
0: You want to reach out, one 821 5900 help at employmenthour.com through email. We're talking about the things employers should be doing if they're not already. And this one kind of dovetails nicely into what we just talked about with accommodation. Don't follow all important rule. That is, you don't mess with mom. I think, you know, don't mess with mom. If we would have started that T-shirt five years ago, like we said, we could have paid for the show about five times over. But, yeah, you know. yeah, we wouldn't have to do
1: the show. No. Uh, <laughs> you know, we'd be on the beach in uh, Mexico, that's, perhaps. Yeah, that's but, right. Uh, you, you're right. Uh, it, it is something that is obvious, and it is something that people should, should know about, and should be second nature. And, of course, what we mean by don't mess with mama is you don't do anything to an employee that's going to take maternity leave. And by the way, same applies to father. So you, you could say, don't mess with mama or papa. Just parental leave. Oh parental leave, of course. So if you have an employee that's going to take maternity leave, parental leave, that's going to be off work, you can't decide to change their job, to reduce their hours. You can't decide that all of a sudden their performance is not good. Right. You can't let them go. Of course, if, if and now when they're ready to come back to work, you can't decide that you like their replacement better bottom line is you can't do anything other than to keep the status quo. Anytime you don't keep the status quo, you're going to have a problem if you're the employer. Now, in some cases, you may have a valid reason, but gosh, you better make sure that that reason is very valid and very easy to see because the assumption is going to be, if you do something to the employee taking parental leave, the assumption is going to be that you're doing it because of the parental leave that is a violation of the human rights code the employment standards act that could be a violation of a number of things it's wrong it's illegal and as obvious as this sounds not a week goes by johnny when i don't speak with uh, employees they find themselves in that situation they want to take parental leave they just told their employer and the employer reacted badly yeah. uh all of a sudden they're they're uh, they're not welcome there anymore they they can't do anything right and it's obvious what's happening there that is absolutely illegal
0: is there on the other side? Is do you ever suggest to somebody who calls you says, "Look, Leon, I'm you know I'm going to be an extended mother or father"? Is there an amount of time I should give warning to my employer? I know I know people that, and no names, obviously, but they've literally given like a week or two. And as far as I'm concerned, it may be legal. That's just nasty. You don't do that to your employer. But is there a threshold when you should be letting someone know? I know it's private, but what do you think? General.
1: You're right. It it is legal, but. You know, if I'm going to be fair, it's probably not fair to the employer. Right. I would provide as much notice as you can. I mean, I'm not going to get into saying whether it should be two weeks or 17 weeks, but as much notice as you can in terms of, number one, when you're going to be off and, and you know, give the employer the the time to... Uh, to plan accordingly, how long you're planning to be off, yeah. you know, when you're coming back. And sometimes those things change. It could be fluid and that's fine. You may plan on going off a certain time, but you're going to work a bit less or a bit more, or you're planning on coming back at a certain time and, and you, it's going to change. But as much notice as you can to the employer, make it easier for the employer to welcome you back, to make sure that everything is right for you uh, and, and make make it easier for the employer to manage their business. That's going to be appreciated and it's going to definitely help the relationship.
0: We'll take it uh, from there a short break and get back into more of these points if you're employer, this is important stuff, things you should be doing that you probably are not. If you are, you're going to start after you hear the rest of this show. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmenthour.com. It's the Employment Hour right here on Global News Radio. Employment Hour contact number simple one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred help at employment dot com. If you haven't used it, even just for interest sake, severancepaycalculator.com. dot com. Find out how much severance you are properly owed. There's a contact button at the bottom. Want to reach out to Leor and his people? You can. If not, just uh, walk away with the knowledge. Uh, in your head as well. By the way, Employment Hour and 30 happens on Global TV and CTV Saturday and Sunday mornings. We're talking about the things employers should be doing. If not, keep uh, writing the list down, taking notes and changing things for the better if you have to. The next one, Lior, is uh, don't take the time to figure out how much severance they actually owe. And uh,
1: this is a big one. And and when we talk about employers getting into trouble, I I don't know that I can think of a bigger uh, problem and more exposure for, for employers. Now, again, we're talking about employers that want to do the right thing that that want to comply with their legal obligations if you don't want to do the right thing then that's a whole different issue but if you're an employer that wants to do the right thing one of the things you have to do is properly find out how much you owe an employee if you let them go spoiler alert it's not the week's pay per year of service that you think you have to pay them it's a heck of a lot more than that and it's up to you as the employer to, uh, to, to do it right, because if you don't, you may find yourself with a, a claim on your doorstep for wrongful dismissal, even though, again, you're trying to be the good guy. So take the time to find out. Go to severancepaycalculator.com if you're the employer as well to find out how much you owe the employee. Call me. Happy to talk to you about that. Call another employment lawyer. Don't call it, by the way, your real estate lawyer, your corporate lawyer. You got to speak with an employment lawyer. Uh, It's not as simple as saying it's a week per year, two weeks per year. It depends on the factors, age, position, and length of employment. And employers often assume assume something without actually doing their homework, that I know how much I have to pay them and it's wrong. And then they have to retain lawyers. They have to deal with wrongful dismissal. And all they were trying to do is do the right thing. Very, very common mistake. And of course, for employees, because of what I just said, most employers, in fact, do offer a lot less, some of them for, for the best reasons, but they still offer a lot less. It's your job to, to review your severance package, to go to severancepaycalculator.com and not to accept less than what you're owed.
0: Yeah, and the scary part is you know, you just said employers often think, oh, I know what I'm supposed to pay. Well, the employee's thinking the same thing. Oh, yeah, they're supposed to give me a week per year, two weeks per year. I'm good. Yeah. That's scary. It, it, life. It's misconceptions and potential
1: yeah. a bit of ignorance on both sides. Right. Employer may not know better. The employee often doesn't know better and, and, the net result is the employee accepts pennies on the dollar and what happens when that money runs out and you haven't found another job or you found another job that pays you less money Holy cow, that's a big problem. When you could have and should have had more severance. No excuses. Not in the age of the severance pay calculator website. So check it out, call me, and let's make sure that we do it right.
0: The list of things employers should be doing. Also, employees should be aware of all these. And we've had this one, I, I can't even tell you how many times over all of our radio shows in the past, what, three weeks? And that is people calling in, not paying overtime when they should. Not getting their overtime or knowing they had overtime or were qualified for overtime. Every single time
1: I get on the radio or on TV and I speak about overtime, I get calls, I get emails within minutes of doing that saying, Well, wait a second, I haven't gotten overtime. Are, are you saying that I, I should be getting it? I spoke with someone, uh, there was a, a dump truck driver and he never got paid overtime. I mean, he often worked 50 to yeah, 60 10 hours years, a week. It was crazy. And, and him yeah. and his colleagues. And he, he, he started laughing in disbelief when I told him, Of course you're out overtime. Uh so so let's make it very clear here. Uh, overtime has to be paid in most cases if the employee works more than 44 hours a week. Same applies to salaried employees. And employers often don't think in terms of salaried employees and overtime. No no, it's only for hourly employees. Right. Wrong. Salaried employees get overtime if if they work more than 44 hours a week. Now there's some exemptions. Uh you know, in the IT field for example, constru- uh, construction field, certain professionals like doctors, lawyers, accountants, etc. But for most professions, we're talking about 44 hours a week. Also, by the way, managers are exempt from overtime. So um, a common mistake that employers make, they either don't realize they have to pay overtime or sometimes they think, I have to approve it first. I have to approve it uh, for you to get paid. No, if the employee worked the overtime and if it's legitimate that they weren't just sitting in the office doing nothing, if Mm -hmm. they actually worked, you still have to pay the overtime even if you didn't approve it. If you don't do that, you'll find yourself with the Ministry of Labor claim. You'll find yourself with uh, potentially a claim for constructive dismissal. Bad idea. Again, be smart, 44 hours a week. You're not sure. You can call me. You can call the Ministry of Labor for some guidance and advice, but you have to pay overtime.
0: What if your employer has told you, you know what, don't work anymore overtime because, well, just don't do it. But you're like, you know what, I got to get the job done. So you do it anyway. Do they still have to pay? Or they said, no, no, I told you don't to work and I'm not paying you. Doesn't work that way. Oh. If the overtime is worked And if it's legitimate, it
1: has to be paid. Even if you told the employee not to work it. If the employee did it anyway because they had to get the work done and that was the only way they can do it, you have to pay it. Now... You may have a disciplinary issue to deal with. If you Mm -hmm. told the employee, don't do it, and they did, you may provide them a warning saying that's not acceptable, but it does not allow you to say, no, no, I'm not actually going to pay it. It does not work that way. It's very clear, very simple, very straightforward. If it was worked, even if you told them not to, if it was legitimate, you have to pay it.
0: Now, in the case of your uh, dump truck driver before we break your 10 years doing this, how far can you go back when you realize you haven't been paid overtime?
1: Yeah, you can only go back only. I don't know if that's a bad thing, but you can go back two <laughs> right. years, which is yep. still quite a bit, you right? Bet. So when, when I told this particular gentleman that he can go back two years, uh, he, he was in disbelief. He said, Actually, I don't even know if the company can afford to pay that. Uh, it's a lot of money for him and for his colleagues. But again, that's a problem this company is going to have. Now they're going to have a huge, massive bill on their hands mm-hmm. when they, if they had done it right all along, uh, then they could have had dealt with it differently, maybe hired another driver instead of having to pay time and a half Remember, by the way, I don't know if I said that, overtime is paid as time and a half after 44. It's not straight wages. So if you don't get that, again, you really got to do something about it.
0: And for the salary person, you just break it down into how many hours work out to your salary and time and a half by that, right? Yeah. You divide your weekly
1: salary by 44. That's an hourly rate. One and a half times that is your overtime rate over 44 hours a week.
0: There are still a couple more points to go on this one before we wrap this topic. So uh, so stick around for talking about things employers should be doing. If not so already, they got to get on it. 1-855-821-5900 and help at employmenthour.com. Employment Hour, lots more of it on the way. Global News Radio. one 821 5900 is the number to get a hold of Lior and a member of his team. Help at employmenthour.com. If you haven't used it yet, severancepaycalculator.com. And, of course, Employment Hour in 30 on TV, Global TV, CTV on weekend morning. So so check that out. We're going to uh, get there the last uh, – well, I, these might be the most important three, top three anyway, of the things an employer should be doing if they're not aware of it yet. Um, don't enforce their own policies. They sit in some binder up on the seventh floor and nobody ever reads them. Your policies uh, that you have, your workplace policies, handbooks, manuals are completely useless
1: if number one people don't know about them, right. and number two you don't enforce them. Okay, you can have the best policies in the world, but if you actually don't do something to enforce them, they're meaningless. It doesn't work that such that you only take them out when it's convenient. As an employer, you have to apply them consistently. So if you have a I don't know a computer use policy that outlines what uh, people can and cannot do on their work computers. You have to be consistent. You have to apply it across the board and all the time, not just when you want to. You can't let someone do whatever they want on the computer and then at some point say, okay, now it's too much. Now I'm going to go back and dig up my policy and say you shouldn't have been doing this all along. No, no, no. If you let them do it, despite what your policy says, then you've given them the right to do it. You've condoned that behavior and you can't stop it. So for an employer, whatever policies you have, first thing you do is you make sure that people are aware of them. You, you distribute those policies. You, you, you have people sign that they've received the copy. In some cases, you may have to provide some training to explain what these policies mean and how you're going to enforce those policies. So that's step one. Step two is, now that people know about them, you have to enforce them. Whatever the policies say, whatever they provide, you gotta make sure the people comply. And if they don't comply, there have to be consequences. Uh, A a warning, a a, a training, whatever it is, there have to be some sort of consequences. If you don't do that, those policies are meaningless. And for employees, on the flip side of this uh, situation, Think about it this way. If you're doing something that's wrong uh, because, again, it goes against your employer's policy, but they let you do it, uh, they never criticize you, you've been doing it all along, maybe others are doing it, then now all of a sudden it's not wrong anymore because the employers condone that. They can't just one day say, now I've had too much, now it's wrong, now I'm going to let you go for cause. It doesn't work that way because the employer didn't follow its own policies, then enforce them, then police their own employees So if that happens, the employer is going to find itself in a very big, big uh, problem. So enforce those policies, make sure that they're known. uh, An employee, if if the policies have not been enforced, you probably cannot be let go for cause.
0: I bet you a big one in that regards like social media and uh, internet use while at work, right? People like employees can just let that linger for years and all of a sudden, hey, hey, no. That's enough. Yeah, right?
1: yeah. Uh, usually, there's something that happens that makes the employer take uh, take notice in terms of what the employees are doing, but it's it's not good enough. If if you've been letting your employees do whatever they wanted, they 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 can be on their Facebook page whenever they want. They can use the computer for uh, planning their vacation and all of a sudden you decide, no, you, you're you mm. not allowed to do that anymore, well, at least give people notice of that. Make, make them aware that from now on, things are going to change. Give them an opportunity to realize what's expected of them rather than try to punish them for something that you've been letting them do all along.
0: You mentioned punishing, and that leads us to our next one, one of the things employers should be doing better, and that is uh, they jump the gun when terminating for cause. They just, boom, out you go. It's not easy to build a case
1: for cause. It takes work. If you're an employer, you have to build up A case you have to have prior warnings. You have to show you've done proper evaluations and performance reviews. You you have to do your homework, and it's not easy, and it takes time. And oftentimes employers don't want to spend that time, and they jump the gun. The employee did something wrong. That's it. He's gone or she's gone. We're gonna let them go for cause. Well, it's not that easy, and it doesn't work that way. If you're gonna let someone go for cause, you have to take the time, put in the effort to build that case. Uh, Because cause is all or nothing. There's no such thing as, oh, it's kind of good enough or kind of bad enough. No. Either you have cause or you don't. And a big mistake employers make is they don't build that case. Uh, That means that many people that have been let go, even though they've done something wrong, are actually wrongfully dismissed. Because whatever it is that they did was not bad enough. Or maybe it was bad enough. But the company didn't properly document, didn't properly build up its case, didn't properly uh, uh, get to the point of cause. So for employees, if you're let go for cause, chances are, in the eyes of the law, that's not cause. Chances are you're owed your full severance. So definitely, definitely you want to reach out to me. And for employers if you have a problem employee someone that you you understand may not necessarily be able to stay with you long term start building a case have a file folder have some some uh, document that you're creating about what the employee's done when he's done it what you've done in response for that what warnings you gave the employee and then you can build up your case to potentially let the employee go you can't just jump the gun you can't just say enough is enough Unless, of course, you're willing to pay full severance. Right.
0: As an employer, these are the things you should be doing. If you haven't already, uh, start this list. You want to consult or after the show and reach out to something you may have missed. No problem. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmenthour.com. And the last one uh, that we'll cover on this particular... Oh, it's the old temporary layoff. We love the temporary layoff. They jumped the gun on this one too, right? <laughs> Big mistake, and I, I
1: don't blame employers for this. Okay, yeah. I really, really don't because it can be confusing. A lot of employers believe and they read the wrong information on the Ministry of Labor website, believe that they can let an employee uh, or lay off an employee temporarily. Maybe the business is slower, so we're going to lay someone off temporarily. No, you actually can't. That's a mistake. Uh, temporary layoff in most cases is a termination, or at the very least, it gives the employee the right to treat that as a termination. So you may lay off someone temporarily thinking you're allowed to, and in fact, you're going to find out that you've wrongfully dismissed them. All of a sudden, you get a lawyer's letter or a claim on your doorstep, and you're thinking, what the heck just happened? I thought this was fine. This, right. I thought this was right. No, it's not. Now that you've heard the show, you know better. Unless you've done it before and the employee allowed you to do it, Or unless you have an employment agreement, here's the employment agreement again, that gives you the power to lay off someone temporarily, you do not have a right to do it. Uh, So if you do that, be very, very careful. And for the employees out there, of course, if you've been laid off temporarily, this is your first time being laid off temporarily. You don't have to accept that. You can treat that as a termination. Get your full severance.
0: So the warning, if you don't let it happen once, if you uh, don't want it to happen again, because it'll be a term of the employment, right?
1: Yeah. Once you crack that door uh, just a a, a touch, the employer can come right through it and push it wide open. You've given the company the right to do it again. And the same thing, by the way, applies to anything that an employer does that's a bad thing, that's a negative thing. If you let them do it the first time, you give them the right to do it the second and the third and so on, a very bad thing to do.
0: A few minutes to go in this show. We'll take a uh, short break here, last one for the hour, and then we'll get into some emails after this. You want to send one in, uh, help at employmenthour.com. Other than that, the, uh, the number one 821 Employment Hour on Global News Radio. Getting to our last few minutes of uh, this edition of the Employment Hour, you need to reach out one 821 5900 help at employmenthour.com, and catch the TV show Employment Hour and 30 on uh, Global TV and CTV as well on your weekend mornings. Chuck, first email says, I've been trying to return back to work from a disability leave over the past month. Uh, I'm not getting any response from my employer. What do I do now?
1: I certainly get variations of this question or of or, or this email very, very often. Employees have been off for a while. They want to come back, and the employer doesn't respond because oftentimes the employer doesn't know what to do with this person and maybe hopes that they'll just go away. Well, no, no. Your employer if, has to has to take you back or certainly has to make efforts to take you back if you're coming back from a disability leave. That means looking to see what roles is available, how they can take you back, when they can take you back. And that has, this has to be a discussion. They can't ignore you. If they need more information because they're not sure what your limitations are, they can ask you for that information. If you're an employee and you're ready to come back to work, provide the the company with the doctor's note saying that you're cleared. If you have limitations, say that. Make sure that uh, the company knows what the limitations. And if the company won't let that happen, if they ignore you, if they won't accommodate, uh, if they don't respond, whatever it is, that is a human rights violation potentially. It certainly would be considered a termination as well. So in this particular situation, Chuck can uh, can treat this as a termination and and leave with severance. He doesn't have to be chasing this company uh, forever if they're not getting back to him. Uh, so again, uh, by the way, another mistake employers make: they don't know how to deal with employees coming back from disability right. leaves.
0: Help at employmenthour.com is that email address. Marge up next says, my company just told me that because of a restructuring, I have to take a demotion. I'd like to know if they can refuse that or if I can refuse that, and uh, can they fire me for it? Well, you can always refuse a demotion. Assuming it's a
1: real demotion, it's not just a title change. If it's a real demotion, lesser responsibilities or a less prestigious job or maybe even a reduction in pay, you don't have to accept it. The reason for that is that could easily be a constructive dismissal. So if your employer does that and you don't want to accept it, you can tell them, no, I'm not going to accept it. Mm. They can't fire you for cause because of that. Now, if the employer says, well, too bad, you don't want to accept it. We're doing it anyway. So starting Monday, you're in this other role. At that point, you, the employee, have a choice. You can accept that and continue in this role, and now you've, you've created a new role for yourself. Or you can treat that as a termination. Again, constructive dismissal and leave with severance. So it's not even about the company letting you go. It's about whether you decide to treat that as a termination. You cannot be uh, demoted. The company doesn't have a right to reduce your, your role, to make you uh, take on a lesser Uh, less prestigious role. If they do that, you have the right and the choice to treat that as a constructive dismissal.
0: What is the pitfall if I say, yeah, okay, let's do it.
1: Well, it's a demotion today, and it could be a bigger demotion tomorrow if you let them do it that, that right. first time. And it, it's a huge problem. And, you know, maybe this is not a big deal. Maybe it only comes with a small pay cut, and you're thinking, oh, okay, maybe I'll take it. But what happens if next month, next year, whatever, they want to do a bigger demotion or a bigger pay cut? Because you let them do it that first time, arguably they can do it again. And the other thing is you take the demotion, and then six months later they want to let you go. Well, now they pay you less severance. Because remember, one of the factors that goes into how much severance you get is the type of job that you have. So if you have a less senior role, means you get less severance. So a very bad idea.
0: Bad all the way around, right? Just don't do it. Don't do it. Absolutely not worth it. We'll get to Elaine here. I think we got time. Says, uh, I quit my job because my employer owed me overtime and he refused to pay. I asked for payment many times and he always promised that he would pay, but of course he never did. Is there something I can do to get the money owing?
1: Weren't we just talking about the mistakes employers make, not pay proper overtime? Well, uh, in fact, from what she's saying, it doesn't even seem like the employer is, is disputing the overtime. They're just not paying it. If you're uh, if you're not getting paid overtime, of course you're owed the overtime. And and I can help you with that. Uh, the Ministry of Labor can also help you with that. That should be easy, easy to resolve. As long as you can show the hours that you've worked, your employer has to pay you, again, time and a half over 44 hours a week. But it doesn't end there necessarily. If you're owed money, in this case overtime, and your employer won't pay it, and, and you've talked to them and they refuse and they give you excuses and they're still not paying it, well that that lack of payment that treating you in this way could be a constructive dismissal as well hmm. it 's very basic when it comes to employment. I go to work, you pay me what you owe me well, if you don 't pay me what you owe me, then I can treat my employment as being terminated and make you pay me my severance. So for her, not only can she of course get the overtime, she can treat that as a constructive dismissal. So by all means, call me let 's talk about that, and for you as well at, at home listening right now. If you're owed overtime, vacation pay, holiday pay, and you're not getting paid, you may be in a position to treat that as a constructive dismissal. Of course, before you quit, you have
0: to call me. Last minute to go here. Bill just says, I uh, received notice that our office will shut down in 12 months. Can I just leave and get my severance now? Well, no, you can't. If you're being given notice of termination and
1: you quit in the meantime, you won't get your severance. You've you're resigned. Uh, so that happens every time you get working notice of termination. But what Bill can do uh, in this situation, instead of quitting, is talk to his employer and say, well, how about instead of me staying for 12 months, I'll leave now and you'll pay me out something. Maybe it's not even the full 12 months. Maybe it's a portion of it Mm -hmm. because he may think, you know, I'll get seven months, but I don't have to work. That's better than getting 12 months and having to work. Right. So nothing's stopping you from speaking to your employer, having that discussion and that conversation and seeing if you can agree to terms. But if your employer says, no, the only thing we're doing right now is that 12 months, if you quit before you don't get anything, Remember, of course, at the end of that 12 months, you still may be owed severance potentially. Check out severancepaycalculator.com for that as well.
0: Good. Done for another week. We'll wrap it there. And for you to reach out, contact anytime. You've heard it throughout the show, 1-855-821-5900, com, And like Lior just said, don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere else. Even call or until you check out severancepaycalculator.com as well. Back in a week, and you can check out the uh, the weekend programming as well on Global TV and CTV, that in the form of Employment Hour in 30. Till next time, the Employment Hour on Global News Radio.